Coming to you from 8122 Production Studios in the heart of the 607, this is Horror Zone 607. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And remember, you can always join the conversation using hashtag HZ607. Zone 607. I'm your host, Mike D, and it is time. It is time to talk all things horror. It's time to bring you the week's biggest horror movie news. It's time to have some fun. And I can't do that without introducing the guys that are back in the studio working so hard to keep the show going. First, ho ho, he's dated all of the A list Hollywood celebrities, such as Margot Kidder, Kirstie Alley, and of course, Justin Bieber. Here's my dear friend, Rich. Justin Bieber was just a rumor. I, I don't. I don't want to. I don't know if I can. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to go about that. It was a. I think it was. A we did. We did once recreate the uh, scene from Brokeback Mountain, though, in the tent. Ooh, of very course. sexy. Very, you very, very him. sexy. You can't quit him. Very sexy. Uh, he he kind of. I don't know. Late, lately, lately, he kind of has like that Miley Cyrus when she was strung out on whatever she was strung out with look. Is so he I don't like know. coming? Is, did he ever go away? Did he? Uh, he didn't really go away, but I don't know if does like he even mu- does does he even do music anymore. Yes, yes, he still okay. does music. Actually, he uh, had an all right, a decent song like before all this happened. So oh. I don't know. I, I once again, I I, I I was late on the Biebs because as a as a thirty seven year old man, that's a little out of my wheelhouse. My only context for him is the movie Pop Star. With, ah, uh, yes, yes, Andy yes. Samberg, which is one of the best comedies of that, all that's time. That's hilarious. That is a hilarious movie. But yeah, the, he's still around. He's still he's still kicking it. Yeah, uh, he's definitely more hip hop influenced now. So okay, yeah, I wasn't sure if like he was one of those who just does something a, a few like albums and then just coasts for the rest of the- no nah, i mean he could like i yeah, mean I- technically i think kids got more money than uh he'll he'll spend in a lifetime yeah. but uh you know he's a, he's still out there working well for the art form you certainly know seem to know quite a bit about well him. that's <laughs> yeah. I, I, I also work with so it's safe I've, to say that i've worked that you with young and, kids you the have kind of lost touch a little bit after the fling was over listen yeah. if if uh if there was a fling if there was a fling I can tell you we would have a lot more money to do this show. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure he I'm pretty sure he would not want that in the public eye. <laughs> some fat, the, some you know, fat bearded guy was pounding me out. Some fat some fat bearded guy was pounding me out. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I don't know if that's a good public uh, I don't think the teeny boppers would appreciate it too much. No. Although if I could well, if I could make money off of like I don't know. a, a cup that I'm drinking out of as much as he he does, then I'm in. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you hear the other buffoon in the background. He's the smartest man in all of horror podcasting. Welcome, the professor. Well, hello there. How are you? Hey, so uh, there's a rumor that you kind of, you want to change your name. Uh, Well, I might use a few of my aliases. I have a few aliases. Legally. Legally. A.K.A. uh, Ricky the Hard Rock Crotchman. Um, That's one. That's one. Okay, Tinkle because Fist, calm down. Tinkle Fist is another. I, I've got, I've got a bunch. 
But, uh, you know, I might yeah. be changing professions soon, so you never know. I, I would like to point this out. Mike right. created an oxymoron. He called you a buffoon before calling you the smartest man in horror uh, yeah. podcasting. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's, 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 I think that's an oxymoron. That occurred to me as it was coming out of my mouth. I just want you to know that. Oh, so. well. A lot of things occur to you as they come out of your mouth. And uh, with yeah. that being said, uh, I think we should dive right into the horror news because we got quite a bit this week. Yeah, I think that we should. So the big story this week, and this kind of hit us out of nowhere, we know that there's going to be a new Hellraiser movie coming, uh, supposedly a reboot or a remake. But uh, out of nowhere, HBO drops the bombshell that they're developing a Hellraiser series. And uh, not only that, but uh, Halloween 2018 director David Gordon Green's directing the pilot and several other episodes. And Michael Doherty, who people may recognize that name from movies like Trick or Treat, uh, as he directed that, Krampus. he's going to be writing. And oh. uh, and the Godzilla King of Monsters it. movie. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Yes, yes. A very so, good movie. So big, big names involved with this thing. Um, the only thing that we know right now is that it's going to be, as they said, completely unconnected to the new remake that Spyglass is developing. No. So... Um, yeah, it, it sounds like it's actually going to have something to do with the original movies. So with that being said, because David Gordon Green is doing something with us, this means Mike C. will absolutely hate this show. Yes. yes, More than likely. Yes. More than likely, it's going to be the most awful thing uh, ever. But he's not Scotty writing work. He's Yes, but he's still, still directing. And, and Mike, and Mike keeps giving... It. Mike, even though he's seen uh, Halloween 2018 <laughs> 38 times, still keeps giving it a yeah, lower and lower surprisingly, grade. it's actually on my TV right now. Again? <laughs> what? <laughs> By the way, me, no. both me and both every me time we do this, we do this. both me and the professor like that movie, and we've seen that movie less than like. <laughs> but well, anyways, it's it's the old adage: like to destroy the beast, you must become the beast. I think is what ah. Mike's going for. He he needs to know well, it inside. Yeah, that or I'm insane. <laughs> well, looks like that too. So so is the, the the only question I had about the article is this show going to be for HBO Max or HBO? Well, I'm assuming uh, it'll end up on Max. I, it's, I'm, assuming, I'm assuming it'll end up on HBO Max, anyways. But I would assume that would be my guess. Okay, that would be my guess is that it's going to be developed for HBO Max because um, it didn't really say in the article. Comes with your HBO subscription. Right, right. So, so like I said, I, I, I just was asking because it didn't really specifically say in the thing. It just said HBO is developing, but I'm going to assume that it's going to be on HBO Max as well as probably regular HBO. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've got the article in front of me, and it just says that it basically Hellraiser is also getting a TV series courtesy of HBO. So you're right. It's probably going to be on Max because that's going to be what they're going to be pushing here pretty soon. So right. that would be my guess. Yeah. But yeah, it doesn't specifically state. But you got some very talented people involved. You got a great writer, yeah. uh, very great writer. I'm a fan of a lot of his work, uh, including, as Rafe just mentioned, Godzilla King of the who's, Monsters. Who's Rafe? Or sorry, the professor. <laughs> it's one of your many aliases. Oh yeah, yeah. I I'm sorry. I one. keep forgetting that you have 50 <laughs> aliases. So, uh, anyways, with that being said, uh, uh, also I, I do I do enjoy uh, David Gordon Green as well. Yeah. Uh, so I think this is, and mind you, I, obviously he's not directing all of it. He's only directing the pilot, and, and you said a few other episodes. But uh, if you that's have, gonna, yeah, it's a several other episodes. You know, the way I look at this, as long as Danny McBride isn't announced as one of his writers for it, I'll give it a shot. Now nah, he's, he's one of the producers, board, though. Is he? No, I just want to mess with Mike. I just want to mess with Mike. <laughs> no, no. 
That's it. I quit. <laughs> Whoa, wait a minute. We got him to quit instead of firing us for once. That's a great job. <laughs> yeah. All right. With, with that, with that though, you know, I, I, I'm just saying, I, I think with the, that kind of star Star stuff, with the fact that they want HBO Max to be a success, I feel like this show is kind of going to try to be their home run horror show. Uh, because obviously I don't, I'm, I'm unaware of any other original uh, horror content that they have produced yet for HBO Max because I don't think yeah. there is any. There is going to be some horror on there, obviously, because of licensing and such, but not that it's original content. So this would be the big uh, test for that. And I'm so, so I'm sure that they're going to dump the money and the eggs in uh, because they want to be the number one streaming service on the planet. I mean, right now the stream wars right. are a real thing. You know, yeah. everybody's arming up. Netflix is always, it has been on top and it continues to be on top as of now. But Disney plus made a huge smash uh when they debuted with like 10 million plus subscribers hbo max is looking like they're going to follow that with uh, at least 10 million plus subscribers as well coming here at the end of may i we obviously know this is not a launch title but you'll probably be seeing this in 2021 is my uh, what i I would suggest uh because obviously with the downtime right now it gives them plenty of time to get their ducks in the order when this uh, when all this ends you're probably gonna see them film it so i'm assuming 2021 So that would be my assumption for this, right. and it's going to be a big push. So with the budget and with everybody behind it and with the fact that they're going to be want to be the number one streamer, uh, I think this could have some good things. And if it's especially if it's tied into the original series, uh, no word on Doug Bradley. Um, I hope he makes some kind of cameo. I don't know if he can pass. I don't know if he could be Pinhead anymore. Yeah. I'm not saying that in a, in a negative way, but I, I met him and he's he's a very nice old gentleman now. I wish he was my grandfather. Is how I'm going to put that. And it's not even a mean way. I think he's he's a, he's a sweet man. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if he could do all the makeup anymore. That's a lot. Well, they could de-age him like they did uh, Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro. Yeah, but I'm Irish worried. About, I'm not worried about the. I'm not worried about the look because I think an older Pinhead might actually be more terrifying. Yeah. However, I'm worried about all the prospects aesthetics yeah so i would I, i'm just hoping yeah, he mean, gets a spot truth be told he obviously he didn't do a whole lot in those movies he just kind of stands there and slowly walks so physically i think that. he could handle it but you know it's, yeah it's but being in it prosthetics being in it it's yeah, a lot of weight it's a lot of time in a chair uh especially yeah it's 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 tight he too he, he told he said he told me uh, when i was talking to him how tight it actually was it's constrictive it was, so I, I hope that they may give him a cameo at least. Does that be cool to see him in a cameo role? Maybe as like somebody who's a victim of, of Pinhead? Or, or like a doctor bites? that a person goes yeah, to? Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Like the person who has a lament configuration? Maybe he's the he's the link, yeah. if you will. That'd be cool. He, uh, so I hope they do something like that with him for sure. That's just my opinion. There's Absolutely. a lot of... And there's no talk of what it's actually going to be, so it could be... That's still early, man. This is just announced. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it's a like bombshell. An, it's just got announced. Mm-hmm. But between this and the news we had last week, that Overlook is going to be on HBO Max also. They got a Those couple are, of big uh, big heavy hitters and that's, coming, you know, and that for, could, for horror fans. And that might tie into uh, Castle Rock and all that kind of bad robot right. J.J. Abrams stuff. So, yeah, that's so, good. That's ex- awesome. Exciting news. news coming from HBO. So, HBO go. Uh, what's that? Uh, just go HBO. <laughs> yeah, go. well, yeah. He said go HBO. Go HBO. But it's rah, HBO Max. Now. Rah, rah. Yeah, yeah. No, but just go. Just go <laughs> for it. Do it. So the the next story, um, and this is something that I'm I'm certainly not surprised to hear this, but uh, I'm I'm very very excited to to hear that it's finally underway. Uh, scary to- scary stories to tell in the dark two happening. Yeah, and uh, Andre Oberdahl uh, is going to be once again directing, and Guillermo del Toro is once again writing along with Dan and Kevin Hageman, or if that's how you pronounce their last name, Hageman, Hageman. I don't know. But uh, all the all the <laughs> same people are involved. 
That's awesome. Like, yeah. I mean, I, how, how do you go back? Yeah. How do, it's a great movie. I'm glad that they're going to be uh, throwing it, uh, you know, going back to the well. Uh, they showed, they proved that you could do a PG-13 horror movie easily uh, and still make it scary. Probably scarier than some R-rated ones. Absolutely. It did not suffer for me for oh, yeah. anything they had to cut. Yeah. Well, I think we had talked about that, um, like, because of the PG-13 rating, some of the uh, kills were scarier. Because, like, they couldn't use gore. So, like, when that big, that large woman absorbs the kid into her, or, like, the kid vanishes under the bed, all that stuff's way creepier, actually, than, like, seeing, like, the dead body or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I agree with you. Like, it's only. The only thing that I would say that I, I kind of wish that I had seen more of in the movie is when the scarecrow kills the guy. It was kind of quick and not much happened in that scene. I, I kind of actually would have liked to have seen some more stalking and, and stuff with that. It kind of happened very quickly and was over with. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, everything about that movie really, really worked. And uh, I was very, very pleasantly surprised with that one. Now they have the support to probably do whatever they want to do with the sequel. Because right. wasn't it, there was kind of like, it was iffy, you know, they weren't. Sure. I, I I don't know. I don't know the studio stuff behind this one, but I right. feel like feel like that was and, probably you know, just, hard just, to make. Right. And, uh, you know, right now there's no, you know, basically the article that I read just says, you know, it's assumed that there's just going to be more stories from the book that they'll be using. Yeah. There was no announcement of any of the cast returning, but I would assume that the cast from the first movie will be back since it's centered around them. Uh, so I, I would have to assume, considering that the writer, director, producers all of them are going to be back on board you have you have to assume that all the actors will be back too and it'll just be a continuation of other stories yeah pretty exciting news absolutely Uh, we're gonna move on that's it for movies this week um now we're gonna move on to some tv series news i guess you could say uh there is going to be a new live action goosebump series uh so that's coming not a whole lot of news about it but uh, that's happening so they don't know if that's like branching off the last two movies uh, the only thing that they said is the people that were involved or the person that was involved with the two movies is going to be involved with this. Okay. Like sexually involved? So take that for what it is. <laughs> yeah, that, that went flat. I wish I wasn't using the board currently to run Mike's I, uh, I asked voice if, because I would have hit the fail hard so hard on that. It wasn't even <laughs> well, funny. He, uh, bum, you bum, said bum. they were involved. They were involved, but I asked if they were sexually involved. Yeah, and it got it got crickets. Oh. So it would have gotten the fail <laughs> yeah. hard, hardcore or the boo this man, the new one. I didn't actually hear him because of the way that the delay is with my phone, but I would have ignored him anyway. It, it was gold, Mike. You it. missed gold. <laughs> you did not miss gold. I, 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 I didn't even look up from my phone reading the yeah, article. No, no, unfazed. <laughs> so it failed Good for hard. You. Good for you. Anyways. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think of a Goosebumps series? Uh, I'm fine with Goosebumps series. Yeah. I, I mean, Goosebumps is a, is a great gateway drug into the world of uh, horror. That's I mean, that's where I started as a here. kid, reading the Goosebumps Scholastic books. book club. And, of course, they had the old Goosebumps TV series. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if it's going to be like the old Goosebumps TV series, which I'm a fan of as well, or if it's going to be like the movies, which were a little more tongue-in-cheekish. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards just going to be anthology and probably like the original series from like when I was a kid, where every week you have a different yeah. story. Uh, you know, it's somewhere between that and uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark, which were both great shows as a child. I, I liked uh, Jack Black as R.L. Stein in the first movie, so I'm, I'm thinking that would be cool to have him like kind the of narrator like, or, yeah, like or something like the that. guy who brings it in you know and 
this week we're going to do this and have a fun little... Last I heard, he was retiring. That well, was the last I heard. He's put all of his eggs into streaming thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, isn't Tenacious D coming out with something? Yes. yes. So basically between streaming and Tenacious D is what he's I, what, he, what he's into currently. Yeah, I saw the them for the post-apocalypto tour and... That yeah, was, that was fun. Unfortunately, the 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 COVID nineteen has uh, put a hamper on the reunion tenacious because yeah. uh, allegedly this summer they were talking about doing a theater tour uh-huh. and started uh, playing out there live, which I would have definitely gone to see. Yeah, uh, they're great. but hopefully they do that whenever that's uh, available to us. Greatest so. band of all time. That's right, and they they also made the greatest song of all time too. Yeah, that's right. We we won't play clips of that because we might get in trouble. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> there will be trouble. There will be trouble. All right. What else there we got, Mike? Blood. All right. Uh, some uh, exciting news for you guys. I haven't watched it yet, but I know you guys are big fans of uh, The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs. Oh, yeah. And uh, I need to catch up on that. I need to watch that. Uh, I know Chris Jericho was on it last week, uh, but uh, the great Tom blood sucking is actually going to be his guest this week. Yeah. Tom Savini. Tom Savini's yeah, he, they have great guests on that show. I got to give him credit for that. Yeah. Uh, it should be a, a fun time. I love the movies and commentary. It's a really great show. If you have Shutter, uh, check that out for sure. Uh, if you don't have Shutter, it's simple enough. Uh, promo code Shutin still works. Yeah, it's what still going. So promo code Shutin for a thirty day free trial on Shutter, and then after that's only like five bucks a month. It's definitely worth it if you're a horror fan. They have some great stuff on there, and uh, Last Drive-In Last is Drive-in. is on there. Of course, you can watch Curse Films, which of course that comes in to play when with our reviews lately, and we're doing the last one of those this week, and uh, so much more, including originals like The Furies, or as I used to call it, The Furries. <laughs> I don't know which would have been. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know which one would have been better. If it was, uh, I, I like that movie a lot, but it I would have been better if the hunters were in furry costumes. I'm just gonna throw it out there. Yeah. But uh, okay. I agree. I agree. Got anything else in the news, Mike? Uh, the only, excuse me, the only other thing that I kind of wanted to mention is, uh, you know, it's, it seems like we have this uh, this tease every so often that the uh, video game, The Last of Us Part Two. Uh, is it's got a new release date and then it gets uh, rescheduled and then it gets a new release date and then it gets rescheduled. Well, guess what? The Last of Us Part Two is now scheduled for release on June 19th. Uh, of course, that means that it'll be uh, coming out on December 7th of 2094. <laughs> but um, but yeah, yeah, it is currently scheduled for a June 19th is- release, and I hope this time it happens because I am. So so excited to play this game. If if I was able to, this is where I would hit the button for the better late than never. Yeah, well, but, uh, better yeah. late than never. <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, I, I can't do that currently. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'll believe it when I see it. This is something that's gotten pushed back so much that yeah. I'm, I'm literally at the level of I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, uh, to the point where you know, they this actually re- kind of getting at the level of uh, of uh, the uh, what's it called the uh, X not X Men the. Uh, why am I drawing a blank on it? The Thundercats movie? movie? The new, oh, new, Mutants. new Mutants. Well, Thundercats yeah, movie, kind of too. It's on the same level. <laughs> well, New One Mutants was supposed to be out now, out. right? Like, yeah, they finally had, yeah, were like, yeah, we're done, and we're going to yeah. release this, and, and it's then, untouched. And then it got and, ruined. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, no, uh, with this with this particular project, they even released Last of Us Remastered for free if you're a PlayStation Plus member, uh, like in December, I do believe it was, because they were trying to like drum up business for the February, the original yeah. February or March launch date yep. of it, and then yeah, yeah, it was February, uh, yeah, then it went then it went bye bye. So we'll then hopefully May, we'll see we'll see. June. Although unfortunately the the dev- I, I, I'm not going to talk about it on here too much because I don't want to ruin it for anybody. Unfortunately, there is some of the developers were upset about whatever's going on over there, and uh, you can find it online if you choose to, which I, I, I did not read because I didn't want to. They spoiled the game. 
Oh. So, and it was some of the people oh, who were on the developing team. So I'm just going to throw it out there. So there's probably some people listening right now who have unfortunately read that. If you do not want to see a spoiler of the game, do not look for it. Yeah. It is out there, though. And it's a leg- and it's been confirmed that it's legit. So that it's, is it just spoiled. like a, an article like developers uh, basically, express? Group? Basically, uh, there's some of the developers on the game who did not like their treatment. Mm-hmm. Uh, ale- allegedly, because I, you know, obviously we had to toe that line, and uh, a few of them got together and, and, and made some, uh, basically wrote articles and put it out on social media and such of the exact synopsis of the game. Oh wow! Like and giving everything away. Every wow. I know this because I have some friends who, uh, unfortunately, one of them uh, read it. <laughs> and, uh, and he wanted to plug it to anybody, and even me, because I was like, well, where'd you find it at? And he was like, oh, you just have to type it in. So I did. I didn't read the article because I didn't want to know. Because yeah. he was like, it, it ruined it for me, and I don't even know if I want to play the game. And he was like, it's not because the game is probably going to game is probably going to be good. But he was like, I now that I know what happens, like, why would you yeah want to waste no, your time yeah that's because that's half the part of playing through a game is finding out what happens especially a horror game it'd be like knowing well silent hill 2 is still pretty scary <laughs> right but, but the genuine shock i felt when i got to the end of silent hill 2 like oh my god i can't believe this right and if you knew that up front would it, would it have been as good yeah no it wouldn't have because you just still felt accomplished because you made it through the game and the game looked good and it was great gameplay however yeah. at the end of the day you're gonna be like oh man i wish i wouldn't have known that because it would have been awesome to see for the yeah, first time Yeah, it was like the pet cemetery promos for the remake yeah, yeah when they showed that they switched uh the little boy gauge yeah and the girl uh i wish i'd been in the theater to experience that instead of seeing it on a trailer right, exactly so uh so it is out there so four warrants if you see anything about the last of us two uh there's a Avoid. good possibility that it is the real thing unless somebody's spoofing it but there there is the real synopsis of that game is out there the real spoilers if you will are out there to find um uh, that's what happens i guess when you piss off game developers yeah. i don't know <laughs> maybe they should treat the game developers as slightly better is that all for the news mike that's it all right. Well, if you would like to talk about anything we just talked about for the news or anything at all, would you like to, a movie for us to review? Would you like uh, us to talk about a certain subject or get our opinion on anything or just say hi because we have a lot of time on our hands right now? You can do that on our social medias. We are on Facebook, HorrorZone607. Like and share that page. We are also on Twitter and Instagram, at HorrorZone607. Remember, for all of the social medias, use that hashtag HZ607 uh, to uh, when you're talking about the show. You can also go on our website, 8122productions.com. Check out all of the archives. You can check out uh, some of the reviews the guys have put up on there as well under the Horror Zone 607 page. And while you're there, you can check out the Three Fat Nerds page and the Wrestling Shows page uh, as we are all part of 8122productions. And, of course, friend of the shows like uh, the Ochotoro Parley Hour and the music. Uh, how can I forget about those guys like Second Suitor, Shout at the Robots, and Floodlands. Of course, find their music anywhere you get great music. Bandcamp, uh, Google Play, Spotify, they're all there support them and of course upcoming i want to make this a, a point of me this friday uh the week that this comes out so it would be what friday the second uh, i do believe yes. it is the second of yes. may first. is it the first oh it's I the thought, first okay yeah, so friday's the first 30. of may sorry 30 days has september 8th, yeah, yeah, yeah. so yep. friday okay so friday's the first of may thank you uh uh band camp is doing their no take money again so in other words anything you buy off of an artist on friday may 1st goes directly to the artist's pocket on Bandcamp. so if there's any local bands that you know of that you would like to support or some of the ones that are you hear on this show or that we have in general please 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 hit them up because uh they get a hundred percent of the pro 
proceeds uh, from Bandcamp that day. And then you can buy some great albums for like five bucks, and it really does help out local artists. Yeah, I'll be uh, adding a few reviews, actually. I'm, I'm going to be sending them your way. Uh, Belzebuth on Shudder. I don't know if you guys caught that one. No. Uh, really fun no. horror movie. Well, I mean, not fun. It's pretty intense, but like it's an exorcism movie, so Mike wouldn't want it. Um, it, it's a Spanish American kind of production and really good. So I'm going to be writing a re- review for that. And then there's another, uh, shutter movie, um, uh, blood quantum blood quantum. I've okay. heard some interesting things about, so I'm going to be checking that out. Tonight Keep your eyes out for stuff that stuff up. for sure. And then last, but certainly not least, if you would like to get this show early and a bonus, a ton of extra bonus content coming out of the eight, one, two, two productions camp. You can do that by supporting the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash eight, one, two, two productions for as little as $1 a month. That's right. $12 a year. You get a ton of bonus content. You can also become a, uh, on the second tier is only $3 gets you a little comfier seat in some giveaways. And, uh, really it does come to support the show. As a matter of fact, I, I've talked about it before. You guys haven't heard it on this show yet because Mike is draining all of our power to be in a bunker in an undisclosed location. <laughs> so we don't get to use the soundboard as yeah, much. Yeah, you but guys we, will never guess where I am this week. Uh, I we we'll, we'll we'll play that game after. But anyways, <laughs> we got the uh, we 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 got that all settled and and that's all ready to go. Uh, so thank you guys for that. And uh, if you would like to be a patron and get all the shows early, get a ton of extra bonus content, including two original shows that uh, one of them has to be behind a paywall because whew, the stuff that Doctor Derek talks about on Love Is Scary is is terrifying, quite frankly. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it, it is it, everybody's a fan of it that is on Patreon, which is great. And of course, also I love movies, which. Uh, uh, speaking of which, on the Three Fat Nerds uh, uh, podcast network, you can actually hear the first episode of I've Loved Movies, which was about John Wick. Uh, and everybody that listens to that show knows how much Ron loves John Wick. Mm-hmm. Uh, trust me, you won't want to miss that one. We're putting it up for free this week uh, as a way to get people into the Patreon a little bit. So go over to uh, type in Three Fat Nerds anywhere you get podcasts, and you can check out what that show's about. But there's all that and so much more. Eight one two two. Sorry, patreon.com slash 8122productions. Uh, with that, we're going to take a break, but this week I got a little special, a little treat for everybody, because uh, before we take, our, during our break, I'm going to play a song, and it's a new song uh, by The Merkins. If anybody is not aware of The Merkins, The Merkins are on a, a YouTube, just type in The Merkins on YouTube, like their channel, because trust me, they do awesome stuff. They are the guys behind the Slash Street Boys, that is uh, uh, Freddy Krueger and Jason and Michael Myers and Leatherface, and they do singing, and they do a lot of parody songs in the horror genre, they, and they're great vi- videos, because their videos actually have the characters, and they have amazing max and makeup, and it's, it's, it's definitely worth a watch, check, definitely check them out, but they have a new one out this week, and it's called Dream. Dreamer's Paradise, and uh, it is set to Coolio's Gangster's Paradise, and it is starring Freddy Krueger, who is the resident rapper over there. And uh, mm-hmm. trust me, you do not want to miss the video, but we're going to play the first verse in the chorus line for you on this show. When we come back, though, it is going to be horror review time, and we're going to finish up our Cursed Films uh, se- uh, you know, month, if you will, right here on Horror Zone 607. Sleepwalking. I knew that the kitty's gonna cry when he dropped. 
I really love that children, but they gotta go. As they croak, I feel myself, yeah, another soul. Ooh, on account of me, the little kitties never sleep right in their dreams. Every night, saying prayers, won't say goodnight. I've been staying up all night in the fear of being terrorized. I've been spending most my life living in a dreamer's paradise. I keep staying up all night in the fear of being terrorized. I keep spending most my life living in a dreamer's paradise. They got sleep deprivation because I'm chasing. They can't live a normal life. Raise my club and I swipe. So they got <laughs> Welcome back to The Zone, and uh, it's time for the Horror Zone 607 review segment. And uh, Cursed Films on Shudder has been a uh, true, true bit of inspiration for us this last month. We've picked movies off of there. Of course, we talked about Poltergeist two weeks ago, and we just last week talked about The Crow. Uh, uh, by the way, The Crow results are in. Did I, did, I, did I mention that? The Crow results are in. The people yeah. reached out on Twitter. We put up the poll on Twitter. Oh. Uh, unfortunately, Rich is one of those people who, uh, if I don't remember something right away, I tend to uh, not uh, like edit it right. Yeah. And you can't edit things uh, on Twitter very easily. It's not like Facebook. Yeah, where you can put you, it back once up. You, once you put it on, it's so, like there. Unfortunately, I only had the poll up for 24 hours, but we still got a lot of interactions on it. And uh, so basically, we wanted to ask a question from you guys. We set up on this show last week that uh, how we reviewed it and how they felt about it. So the three options that I put up for the poll, loved it, it's all right, and overrated. And you'll be surprised. It, in third place, overrated with 8% of the vote. And... In second place, loved it with 38% of the vote. And it's all right, right in the middle there, 54%. A lot of people agree with Mike C. Wow. that That's going to be the first and probably only time we ever say that on the show. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. It's and, all and, uh, right. And our good friends, Ghost in the Stratosphere, Ed, Ed in here. I haven't seen the movie since I was a kid. The comic it is based on is surprisingly surprisingly horrible, though. So I'm sure they've just made a fan, uh, not a fan of our, 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 our professor what? here. So the professor, that's that was from Ghost of Stratosphere. Check their podcast. So they have a podcast that's about comics in movies. So yeah. they're you know, hey, if you everybody has a different take, Professor. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I enjoyed the comic because I, I like that kind of weird, gritty stuff and as well as you. So that's just our take. So yeah, there the you comics, go. There's yeah. There is there is uh, the poll. So it looks like fifty eight percent, over half of the people think the movies are. Right. Yeah, I, mean, I guess we're in the in the secondary. We're in the yeah. That's all right. At least overrated was only a couple votes. Yeah. So That's there's only a few people overrated. out there with overrated. It's definitely not an overrated film. Well, with that being said, we are finishing out our cursed films this week. And the last movie we are finishing out with is Twilight Zone, the movie. Oh, yeah. And of course, Twilight Zone holds a place in our hearts because our show, technically Horror Zone 607, we are from Binghamton, New York. And uh, being from Binghamton, New York, this is where Rod Serling was born and raised. And on a playground, he spent most of his days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Wrong show. <laughs> Chilling out, Max. Oh, wait. Uh, <laughs> yes. Wrong show. Wrong show. But uh, anyways, he, of course, he was born and raised here. And of course, he created uh, the Twilight Zone and also Night Gallery. But the Twilight Zone, uh, the bigger hit. So Horror Zone 607 is kind of an homage to that because the name is Horror Zone after all. Yeah. Uh, Twilight Zone. So so this was a kind of thing. And of course, uh, before we even go any further, I want to point out that this was Mike C's first time ever seeing the Twilight Zone movie. Yes. You've never seen it before for, for reasons. Yes. And I'll be talking about that a little bit more as we go through it. So. Well, of course. So let's just go in. Let me give you guys the the overview of the movie, and then we're going to break it down because it's an anthology movie. We're going to go break spot it, by break spot. It, break it down. 
So first of all, it was distri- distributed by Warner Brothers uh, Films, and it was released on June 24th, 1983, with a runtime of 101 minutes. Uh, the budget of this movie was $10 million, and in the box office, it made $29.5 million. Nowhere here does it say how much money they actually lost during the... Uh, consequential lawsuits yes. uh, that we will talk about when we talk about the first uh, the, the first episode because obviously that first part of the movie there was a well that's technically the second part the first story of the, the movie the first major the, segment the first major segment of the movie is the is the where the controversy is and where it ended up on cursed films for yes. uh, so with that being said uh, because this movie was uh, basically the movie was produced by Steven Spielberg and John Landis I have heard that Spielberg was hardcore on set for some of it and then for other things including the infamous uh, accident was not Yes. Uh, but uh, there's there's a whole bunch of different directors and stuff. So we're going to give the directors in the screenplay and the story buys. They're due as we go. So the movie opens up with a, uh, with a prologue, Something Scary. Something Scary was uh, written and storylined by John Landis and also directed by John Landis, who is the overall curator, curator guess, yeah. of the film, basically. Uh, so uh, that 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 is interesting. We it opens up. We get the a starry night. You're driving down the road. You have you know Dan Aykroyd is in this segment, which is even and better. Albert Brooks and Albert so Brooks, two two comedians, right? Yeah. Which is which is interesting. And they're driving down and they're listening to the midnight special, yep. shine a light on me. And uh, the the tape gets eight. So then they start doing a game where they're talking about uh, theme songs from shows, which leads them into talking about the Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're talking about different episodes of the Twilight Zone that they remembered. And uh, the funny part about this is they mentioned Burgess Meredith. Oh, and Burgess yeah. Meredith being in the one. And Burgess Meredith actually narrates this film. Like They take certain pieces from uh, Rod Serling, but then the overall narration during the different spots, because obviously Rod Serling was long gone before the, this movie was made. Uh, they they had used Burgess Meredith for it, which is kind of intriguing because he was the star of one of the most famous episodes of Twilight Zone ever. And I uh, do believe I can't remember if the name of what it is, but it's the guy enough time enough time something. yeah because he had to read books and then everybody's I'm gone. Up at last, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they and they, they of course you know he dry and then of course they, now he has all the time to read the books. He's the happiest man in the world because the world has ended. He's the only person left. And then he drops his reading glasses. Yep, time and, enough at last. Yep, and then it was and that's it for him. So that's how that. So it, of course that's Burgess Meredith, which is kind of fun in full circle so this scene is is notable because then dan Aykroyd asks do you want to see something scary yes something really, really scary, scary even. oh man and they pull over the car and he turns his head to the side and when he turns back he is some kind of vampire warlock i don't know what it is blue skinned weird and he and he know. allegedly eats he allegedly eats albert brooks face and yeah. you, that's where we cut to the sky and we get the twilight zone an opening for it but the movie made a little more uh real about the movies how did you guys feel about the opening sequence of events here well when i was a child that scared the shit out of me uh that opening um i it, now it doesn't so much because i've uh grown up but the makeup effects pretty good i mean that creature is pretty creepy looking yeah definitely uh mike how did you feel about the opening of the movie so i thought it was brilliant um it had you know the humor uh you had two people that were you know two of the biggest stars uh at that point in time with albert brooks and dan Aykroyd. they were red hot at that point in time um you know it's funny i like the way that they delivered it um and then you know like you said it, it cuts up to the sky and you hear the famous music and uh, you know, again, to mention Burgess Meredith, he was actually in several episodes of the original oh, yeah, series yeah. and, uh, you know, just a beloved character. And, I was going you know, with the most famous. General. I think that's the most famous one he was right. in. That's what I was going with. But yeah. 
Uh, it's great. Uh, and for any of our younger, any of the younger listeners out there that don't know who Burgess Meredith was, if you've ever seen any of the Rocky movies, the boxing movies, Rocky. Well, the first he three. was Mickey. He was yeah. he was the trainer Mickey, and um, he was also in uh, Grumpy Old Men. Grumpy Old Men. Clash of the Titans. Clash of the Titans. He was the guy who helped Perseus out. Yeah, he's had dude. Right. Burgess Meredith had a great career. Yeah. Let's be honest. Um, he really did. Great actor. Um, but I love how he. You know, not only was the music playing, but he actually said the exact same spiel word for word that Rod Serling used to say on the show. Yep. Um, yep. You know, so, you know, I've got that here. I can read it real quickly. You unlock this door with a key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension, a dimension of sound, a dimension of sight, and a dimension of mind. You are moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You have just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. Legendary thing. They said it perfectly. They delivered it. it. It was a perfect opening. Everything about that I loved. Right on. So that's going to bring us into the first uh, the first uh, part of it, because like I said, it's an anthology. So the first story we get is a story called uh, Time, Time Out. Out. And uh, Time Out was actually uh, written, both the, both the story and screenplay, and directed by John Landis. So yes. it's a complete John Landis production, and it stars Vic Morrow uh, in what would be his last role. Okay, we're going to get to that in a second. And uh, basically, it is a story of a man who is uh, not happy he didn't get a uh, promotion at work. He starts going on a racist tirade on a bar, and when he leaves the bar, he is then transported back into, like, 1939 Nazi Germany. Yes. Where he is now hunted down like, uh, like he's a Jew. But then, just as the Nazis are catching him he falls to the ground and is all of a sudden back in the 1950s 1960s south and he's about to be lynched by the kkk yes and as he's escaping the kkk he goes through the water and he comes up and he ends up in vietnam and uh being shot at now and then of course the the story ends where he's uh, he thinks he's going to get away. He goes back. He ends up back in Nazi Germany after he gets he's blown the out of the water. Yep. And they blowed him on the train. He's got the Star of David on his coat. He's, and, but he can see his friends exiting the bar. He's yelling for his friends to the thing, and the train takes off. Yeah. And uh, that was not the original end of this segment, though. Unfortunately, it's a brilliant the re- ending, it is a brilliant actually, ending like they, a good, for for whatever for what happened in real life. It's a good. It recovery. was a good recovery because uh, I do like I do like this. Uh, let's actually let's talk about the segment. And then we'll talk about the controversy. Of course, if people don't re- under, yeah. know about that, yeah. I always like this segment. I thought this segment was really good. I thought it was a good uh, nod, especially back to the original Twilight Zone. Something original, but it was still. What what the original Twilight Zone did time and time again, where it blurred the lines, where it was like somebody is going to learn a lesson, yeah. and this is teaching a guy who's a bigot a lesson of, hey, you hate these people, but look at what they've gone through, and if you were in their shoes, you might not hate them. And towards, uh, unfortunately, we we get the. We didn't get the original end, which we'll go to, because the original end is kind of a story of redemption for him instead of a story of he's basically being carted off to the concentration camp, because uh, that's all we see of his character. Uh, but we'll get into that in a second. Uh, Mike, since you're on the phone line, what did you think about Time Out? Uh, so, first of all, I don't know that they'd be able to get this through in a movie today with some of the language and, the, oh, absolutely. and you know what, what he was saying, the source material of it, but... Um, you're right. You know, it did teach him a lesson. It was very, very, very much like the original TV series. Um, it was, it was very unsettling. Um, but, uh, it was done well. And, you know, he basically got what was coming to him. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, Vic Morrow was, was fantastic in the, in this role. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you can really say about it. You know, right. it was, it was done well. Uh, it, and it did feel like something from the original series. Just, uh, I, I would say, 
controversial uh, material. Oh, definitely. I guess probably the best way to put it. Definitely. Uh, Professor, what did you think about the segment? Yeah. Um, this I didn't. Re- this was one when I was a kid. I didn't really understand, obviously. Right, right. But now, like, it's only gotten better with age. Um, and it's, I think one of the stronger segments actually in, in the overall movie, um, even, even with its controversy and everything. And it's just like, I, I'm a major John Landis fan. So, and knowing what happened, uh, it's very tough to reconcile some things, but yeah, very surreal. Um, truly like you guys said, captures the spirit of what the twilight zone is, and um, it, it reminds me, like, I always think of the Dennis Hopper Twilight Zone. When Dennis Hopper was a young guy, he was in a few Twilight yeah, yeah, Zone yeah. episodes. There's one called He's Alive, um, having to do with Nazi Germany. And yeah. it, it, they don't really match up, but, like, some of the same kind, kind of Kind of the same overtone. Like I said, yeah. this this felt, even though it was an original story for this movie, it wasn't, some of the stories on this movie were actually repurposed, we'll talk about it later, yeah. from old episodes of the Twilight Zone. Yep. This particular episode was not. This particular episode, or, or sorry, our, our segment, I should say, story, was brand new. It was an original creation for this movie, but it had all the feels like it belonged in the Twilight Zone. Yeah. If, in the series, if you will. Uh, of course, the controversy comes in is... Uh, both Vic Morrow and two young uh, children were killed during the filming of this movie, during the filming of what would have been the end scene of this, se- of this segment originally. And that was they were in a Vietnamese village. Uh, these two children were in harm's way of fire. He, t- he, he instead of in these two Asian children, I should say, were in the way of harm or were the way of harm. And in the moment of being a hero, he grabs these two young kids, even though he's a racist and a bigot, and he tries to run wade them through safety. Yeah. Unfortunately, there was an ex- some the explosions going on, and there was a helicopter in the scene, and the helicopter crashed and killed all of them instantly. And unfortunately, uh, you the video is there. Uh, if you watch Curse films, they do that, show the. I, I was like shocked. I, I couldn't believe they showed. They it. don't. They don't. They don't. You don't see any graphic them getting because no. basically Vic Morrow was cut in half. Yeah. The two children were decapitated. But you see uh, them. But you see and them, you and see you see the, the, helicopter. the helicopter on top of them. So you know that it did not end well. But at least you don't get to see the actual decapitation. Yeah. Cut in half, which is but. Uh, check out Curse Films if you want more on this story. Uh, very negligent uh, by yeah. the filmmakers. But it was supposed to be the end scene because it was going to give him his redemption, his redemption which is, is famous on the Twilight Zone, that if there's a bad character, to give them redemption. And uh, they were going to go in that vein very muchly. But unfortunately, because of that accident, obviously they did not use that footage in the movie. Obviously they couldn't shoot a different ending because their star was gone. Yeah. So I'm, think, I'm thinking the bar scene where he gets hauled off was probably going to be somewhere leading into another thing because it keeps cutting in and out of the different arrows. Yeah. So I think they're probably would have been another south southern one into another uh vietnamese one which would have taken them into the finish but yeah unfortunately it got cut short it's still great for what it is though and i, I agree with you as a child uh professor i also didn't get this one yeah, and the like, importance what? of this as much yeah as an adult i'm like wow this is this was it was at the time it was groundbreaking even and once and i agree with mike it cannot be done now because the language is a little too colorful oh yeah but it does show you what you need to see uh Let's go right into the second story. The second story, of course, is Kick the Can. This is one of the more lighthearted ones. Uh, this was a rig- this is the story was written uh, by George Clayton Johnson, and the story and the screenplay was written by George Clayton Johnson, Richard Matheson, and Melissa Matheson. Richard Matheson and it was wow. and guess what though? It was directed 
by the great Steven Spielberg. Spielberg. So Spielberg directed this segment on his own. Uh, and of course, this segment takes place at a uh, rest home, which is an uh, old person's home, if you will. Uh, back in the day, they called them rest homes. And you have you, you get introduced to these uh, older folks. And there is a new guest there who basically says, hey, you guys can be young at heart still. And later that night, he plans a game of kick the can. And he takes them outside and they start kicking the can. And they, all, the, all the these old people become young children again except for one guy one guy who was disappointed his family didn't pick him up and he was a naysayer that night yeah. said that you can't be young at heart you're just going to hurt yourself and your place is to be taken care of because you're old and he's in bed and then he realizes they're kids and then he sees his friend who chooses to stay a kid because all of them go back to being old because they choose to be young at heart with young youthful minds yeah and uh of course his one friend just chooses not to and he goes take me with you and then we kind of get that nice end because he was the crotchety old guy but at the end you see him playing kick the can and he's being young at heart so it looks like our our friend has uh has succeeded of course then he ends with him entering a new rest home uh so therefore with the can with the can so he's he's gonna do this again this is what he does he goes around basically making people feel young at heart again scatman crothers right it is scatman crothers by the way and uh, I, I'll kick it to you first this time, Professor. How did you feel about this segment? Uh, it's not really a horror segment, but Kick the Can is a feel-good. And once again, Twilight Zone had feel-good segments. They weren't all supposed to be horror. Yeah, um, this as a kid, this was one of my least favorite. And uh, now it is all right. I it, It's still my least favorite on this movie, but it's, it was still cute. It is my least favorite still, I agree. Um, it, it definitely has that super kind of Spielberg sentimentality that kind of drives me nuts with uh-huh. him. Um, and I- I'm actually genuinely shocked to hear Richard Matheson wrote this. Yeah. Um, because Richard Matheson, the author of hell house and like all sorts of really, I saw, I thought the same thing when I saw it and his wife was the, the co-writer of it yeah, as well. And his short stories yeah. were the basis for a lot of twilight zone episodes. Um, I, I was surprised. This feels like a dry run for Spielberg getting into Hook and Peter Pan. Absolutely. You know, obviously, like the eternal youth and Peter Pan kind of stuff is in this. You I, know? I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. This feels like, and I mean, and obviously, I think this was a direct... This directly probably influenced the movie Cocoon, which oh, came out yeah. after 1983, oh, which yeah. is kind of very similar basis, only dealing with aliens instead of. And that of, was Ron Howard. Was that yeah, produced that was by ha- Spielberg? It was, I produced, it was produced by Steven yep. Spielberg. Okay. So I feel like this it. is definitely directly related. And of course, this was a story that was written for the original Twilight Zone. Oh. So this is. Uh, so I don't know Matheson, if they ever. Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't. I don't know if the. I don't know if it ever aired. And I don't know if it uh, was different because it could have been because, mind you, they adapted them for film. Yeah. But I know that this was one of the ones that was originally written for the Twilight Zone. So Matheson must have had this for yes. the original Twilight Zone. They up, may have updated yeah. it for this then. Huh. So, uh, Mike, what did you think about Kick the Can? Obviously not too much uh, horror. So, right. So, yeah, first of all, this actually was uh, uh, an episode. This is a remake of one of the original okay. episodes. That's why episode I, number nice. 86. Right. Okay, okay. I didn't so, know if it was um, in the timeline where it was, but I do know that it was written for that yep. show, so yeah. Yeah, and it was pretty much the same same story, same same rest home and everything, Sunnyvale Wait a rest minute. home and everything. Was Scatman so, Crothers in the first one as well? Uh, Scatman Crothers was not. Yeah, he wouldn't have been that same old. In the ori- I was going to say, he wouldn't have been that old in the original. That guy always looked like that. By the, yeah, he did always look old. <laughs> but anyways, but yes, Mike, so uh, how'd you feel about it? Kick the Can, though? So, you know, it definitely uh, had the Spielberg feel to it all around. And I was going to say, you know, when I started doing my assessment of it, it definitely uh, had to influence Cocoon. You know, there, there's no doubt about that. But uh, Scatman Crothers did did Scatman Crothers, you know, the, the way he does. You know, he was he was great in the episode. Um, this was actually my favorite part 
of the whole movie. Hot to be honest, it was, so it, I, I really loved it. It was, fun. It was cute. Yeah, I don't know. It, it was lighthearted. It was fun. Uh, it was it was a feel good story. Uh, I love the way it looked. I love the acting in it. Um, I, I really enjoyed this this uh, particular scene or whatever you want to call it no, episode, I, whatever you want to call I, it i was fine with it, especially when i'm older uh yeah i, I was like i like the as professor you're like, like as a kid what? you're like man i want to see like because to me the my favorite episodes of the twilight zone were more of the horror based ones yeah but like i said to be fair you go back and you watch the, the twilight zone some of them were very uplifting some of them were not anything to do with horror they were just to do with life and in life in general and and people you miracles. know like miracles and stuff like that so it was always a good balance on that show you know not like night gallery which was pretty much all the horror all the time yeah uh which was you know sterling's other show uh but i, I enjoyed this uh, re-watching it i was like I, I i found a smile on my face and i was like this was super cute and you could also yeah. see the spiel that you could you knew steven spielberg was all over this like obviously he directed but you could tell because it had that spielberg it was shot like a spielberg film the lights it, the lights Lighting, the shooting, the the feel of it—it it had that warmth. Like, for, there's some reason, Stephen. No matter what Spielberg is involved in, you have that warmth to it, and it's it's really kind of strange. And uh, I, I actually did enjoy this as well. I only say it's my least. Uh, by the way, saying that it's my least favorite isn't that bad, considering the rest of them are actually just really good, and it, this one as well. Yeah, this is. I I don't dislike it. Um, as a kid, going into this movie, you know, the first segment, I had no idea what was going on. This one did not connect to me, so like I was, uh, I was in pretty rough shape until you got into the actual uh, like meat of it for, for as a kid. Yeah. Where I was like, oh, the the uh, next segment. This was especially. definitely not written for a kid. Yeah. The next segment was though. Yeah. Uh, the next segment was it's a good life. Uh, originally, uh, the story was originally by Jerome Bixby. Uh, do you know what episode of the Twilight Zone this was, Mike? I think it might. Um. It's. It's a good it life. It was a remake the... of, uh, of yeah. what's called It's a Good Life. No, I know, yeah. no, I know. So, it's, yeah. I know it's a remake of the same title. I just didn't know if you had the episode number because you did have the episode number of the one. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I misunderstood what you were asking. Season yeah. uh, it was episode three, number episode. 73. Yeah. Episode number 73? Okay, see, that's all I was asking because I didn't have the episode numbers and I knew you did. So, yes, this is uh, this is the original story for The Twilight Zone itself was written by Jerome Bixby and it was uh, for episode 73. Thank you, Mike. Uh, and it was yep. the screenplay for the movie was Richard, written by Richard Matheson. Yeah. Yes. So Richard, Richard Masson did write this, and it was directed by legendary horror slash action film uh, director Joe Dante. Of course, we would later go on to do the Gremlins with wow, Spielberg. I didn't realize this was Dante. Yeah, this is Joe Dante. Joe, Joe Dante directed "It's a Good Life." Uh, the actually, burbs. when burbs. I, the Burbs, of course, <laughs> Gremlins is, is a huge. The Joe Dante Spielberg. This must be where that started. Their relationship they yeah. carried into Gremlins. Uh, but anyways, Joe Dante, great, great director. Uh, he directed this segment. I, I, as soon as I looked and saw that it was Dante, I went. It makes all the sense in the world now, especially with uh, the puppeteering and stuff. Oh yeah, super good. Uh, this this was one of my favorites. This is this has been one of my favorites for a long time. It deals with a child who, when you introduce to the child, you can tell there's something about this kid. He's playing the video game, and as he's hitting the video game machine, the TV's messing up, and there's a lady who's a little lost, and she's getting directions at a diner. She saves this kid, but then hits him with her car, yeah. uh, which it looks like he sets up yep. later on. Because he there's more to this kid. As he goes, she takes him home. She goes into this house. His house is in the middle of nowhere. There's all these dusty, dirty cars, which I don't understand why that was a big red flag yeah. and she goes inside this what looks to be a, a storybook house mm -hmm. and there's he, she meets the uncle who I, I know you're a big fan of the uncle from this uh, uh Rave? yeah uh kevin mccarthy i think his name is yes it is kevin mccarthy 
uh, lead actor in the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers and in tons of episodes of Twilight Zone Absolutely. as well. So he's the uncle. He, the, You meet the sister Ethel. You also meet mom and dad. And they're going to have dinner and all this stuff. And he's taking her through the house. And then you get to see that these people aren't what they seem. Yeah. And that they're kind of prisoners in his world. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, his power is he can wish anything into existence. At one point in Juncture, he wishes his sister, which isn't really his sister, Ethel into the cartoon world where it looks like she's eaten by some kind of dragon yeah uh on top of that he wishes like the tasmanian devil without the rights to warner brothers <laughs> to, to enter the real world and then and he get, wishes them into yeah. non-existence it's it's actually very well put together it's got moments of horror element but it also has elements of very much like psychological and also put yourself in the place of the kid if you had the power to wish for anything what would you do with that yeah. uh mike how did you feel about uh the remake in this movie of it's a good life uh, so for starters, um, it had a great cast, um, big cast. So Kathleen, Qu- Kathleen Quinlan, uh, who was in the movie Breakdown, American Graffiti, Apollo 13. She's had a pretty good career. Event Played Horizon. Helen Foley, who, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Helen Foley, the character that she plays, a lot of people may not realize this. Rod Serling used that character's name at least on one episode, possibly more. I think there might have been more than one episode of the original series. Uh, the real Helen Foley was one of his teachers at uh, Binghamton High School, ah. and uh, so he used that name. Fun fact, by the way, uh, if you went to Binghamton, Hi- if you went to Binghamton High School, that's who the theater's named after, the Helen Foley Theater. Oh, right, oh, exactly. Yeah. So the Binghamton High School has a theater named the Helen Foley Theater. So I just wanted to chime that in. Sorry, right. Mike, continue. <laughs> so a lot of people may not realize that, but it was cool that they threw that in there. So uh, Jeremy Licht, who was one of the little, he was one of the kids, one of the brothers on the show, the Hogan Family. Uh, that was popular in like the late 80s, late 80s, early 90s. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, as you mentioned, was in there. Dick Miller, the great Dick Miller, yeah. you know, was in there. Bill Moomy, Billy Moomy, who was the little redheaded boy in a lot of the original episodes, although you can't tell he had red hair in the black and white. But he was the he original was in a, Anthony. In several of the episodes. Yes, Excuse he me? was the original he, Anthony. I think he was the original Anthony. Yes, yes, yes. he was. Yeah. Uh, and then Nancy Cartwright was actually in it, too, who, of course, is the voice of Bart Simpson. Yeah. So, um, so great cast. Um, from there, uh, this thing was one trippy uh, thing that just did not work for me. Oh. Um, I absolutely, from the bottom of my heart, cannot say this enough. I, I, I don't. I don't even know how to put it, but I loathe this part of the show, the, the wow. movie. Wow. I, I did not like it. It did not connect with me. I ended up getting online and reading about it because I just didn't have any, you know, any intention of really watching anything more. I almost turned the movie off at this point. Oh, um, wow. I thought about fast forwarding through it too, no. but uh, I could not wait for this to end. I hated it. Um, it was definitely, I like some of Joe Dante's stuff, especially gremlins, but this is definitely Joe Dante kind of like kick the can was very Spielberg. This was very Joe Dante to me. Um, so I could tell that he was the director of it, but um, I don't know. It was weird. I, I did not like it whatsoever. All right. Uh, professor. Sorry. Professor, how did you feel about it? Well, this one, I think, uh, was one of my favorites as a kid, and it's still one of my favorites. Um, Just kind of, like, it's really surreal. The original episode, like, they're all stuck in the house, and, like, you get a sense that this Anthony kid is, like, a god. And really, like, with the old cars there and everything, like, how long has he been there, you know? Um, there's, There's a lot of stuff going on that uh isn't fully explained like you this kid can clearly 
wish things into being and wish people away. Um, you got that creepy shot of the sister. Well, none of his family, and I'm using air quotes, they're not really his family. These are people he has just trapped, you know, absorbed to become his family because he's a lonely God. You know, you get the, he, he's able to, you know, create and destroy whatever he wants. So, um, like his, the one sister, Nancy Cart Cartwright, the voice of Bart Simpson, she's the one that's flipping out all the time and yelling at him and everybody's like, Whoa, don't piss him off. And then you see what happens to her. And if people don't do what he wants, like he just finds new people to, it seems like he finds a new uncle or a new mom or a new dad. And you know, these people are scared that they're going to be replaced. You know? Oh, absolutely. And, um, the, there's a whole underlying element with that. How old is this boy? You know, like if, if he, how long has he been doing this? It, it has this weird subtext with him and Kathleen Quinlan. Like you get, and I'm really overthinking it probably, but like, you know, he wants her, you know? Um, and I don't think as a mother, you know, like, oh, yeah. uh, it, it gets into some uncomfortable territory. I, especially what still freaks me out the most is the sister upstairs with no mouth. Like she talked too much. And then you get that shot of them walking through the hall. Oh, she doesn't talk anymore. And then it pans down and you see like, she no, has, she has no mouth. She has yeah. no mouth. And that's terrifying. That used to scare the shit out of me. Um, it, it, it's a really, it's a really surreal, crazy story that stuck with me as a kid. Um, didn't fully understand it then, but now that I do understand it, it's only gotten better. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of rich subtext. There definitely is. I agree with you there. Uh, so that brings us to the final, well, not the final segment segment of the movie, but the, the final story of the movie. Oh, and of course, it is a famous uh, Twilight Zone uh, episode. This was a Matheson not made a story, story Yes, Richard Matheson did it for for the movie as well. So yeah, he, he adapted his original story into the screenplay. Uh, what episode, uh, Mike, was uh, Nightmare at 20,000 feet? Uh, number 123. So there you go. Episode William number 123, Shatner. William Shatner plays the lead role. William and, Shatner. And this, he does not play the lead role. And this, John Lithgow plays the lead role. Yes. And uh, this was directed by uh, George Miller. And if that name doesn't sound familiar to you, Mad George Max. Miller is responsible for the Mad Max movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, amongst other things, he's also uh, done Witches of Eastwick. He also did Lorenzo's Oil. And uh, he won a, uh, he, he did the uh, Babe Pig in the City. Yeah. He also won an Academy Award for Happy Feet, the Penguin movie. Babe Pig in the City is a movie that people really have come around to and are like, this is like an un- uh, this is an unseen yeah. masterpiece. But yeah, that's, that's all done by George Miller. George yeah. Miller directed this version of uh, Terra at 20,000 feet. Now, Terra at 20,000 feet is about a man on an airplane who is terrified to fly, played very brilliantly by John Lithgow yes. in this version. Uh, I will always say this, uh, and I'm going to say it up front. I, I can take shit if, if the people want. I've always liked his portrayal better than Shatner. Yeah. And the reason why is Shatner has that very dry, uh, he, something, something on, on the wing. wing. <laughs> Whereas Lithgow is crazy. You know, need need you say more. Just look at his body of work. Lithgow plays a crazy man, really very 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 well. This so when you're crazy, when you yeah. yeah when he, when he opens up, he's in the bathroom. He's hyperventilating. He's he's going through pills. fits. You've got he's dumping pills in his mouth. You've got the flight attendants checking on him, and then he you know gets to his seat. You can tell he's he's just crazy about this. So then he looks out the window and he sees something on the window. 
what he appears to be a man. So he calls over the stewards and he's like, oh my God, there's a man on the window. There's a man on the wi- out on the wing. I don't know. He can't survive. And, you know, they don't see anything, but he sees it. The next thing you know, they, they, they get them all settled down. He goes, okay, I must be crazy. I know I'm seeing things. He then looks back out the window again, and this uh, creature is the best way we can uh, describe it. it. Is now tearing apart the wing, yeah, and gets hit by lightning. Smoke and fire comes out of the engine. Uh, he's freaking out. He's like, "There's, you know, he's screaming about something beyond the wing. They're holding him down. You know, they're doing the whole nine. Uh, it's, the little it's girl's crazy. mocking him. The little girl's mocking <laughs> him. He steals her camera at one point. Yeah. And tries to snap a picture of the creature out there. Yeah. Uh, at one point, the, the 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 window curtain is down. He pulls it up, and we get a That's good right shot. There. We get a good shot of the creature, which is amazing. Well, then when he gets way. sucked out, oh yeah, into the when he shoots, yeah, the eventually, gun. yeah, eventually he breaks the window by shooting it with the gun from the air marshal, yeah. and uh, he him and uh. the he, he comes face to face and starts taking shots at this creature, which walks up to him and sees that they're going to land. He puts his hand on his face like he's going to kill him but then decides to guess and gives him the the waggle finger then he flies away yeah and uh they land and of course when they land they get him in the ambulance he's he's, you know he's all i I see i saved everybody's lives we landed and he's all like you know whatever and uh they get this crew over and the guy goes up and you can tell that the the, the wing has been ripped to shreds by claws by claws it's crazy so obviously the man is not so crazy we'll talk about the epilogue after uh, cause that, cause it carries into the epilogue, but, uh, yeah, as far as this goes, we'll start with Mike C. Mike C. This is your first time seeing the remake of Terror at 20,000 feet. How did you feel about it? So, yeah. So here's the deal with this one. Um, yeah, I definitely agree that Lithgow, um, his performance was better than William Shatner's. William Shatner was that real dry. Like you said, there's something on the wing, something, you know, he's just, he, he doesn't really have a whole lot of emotion in it. But Nightmare at 20,000 Feet is possibly the most iconic of all of the Twilight Zone ep- episodes that ever were. Um, yeah, it's up there. You know, it, it, it's, you know, it's an arguable thing to say. It, 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 you, can, you can argue that one way or the other, but, um, but it may be the most iconic of all of the episodes. So it's tough to beat, you know, something like that. It's kind of like, you know, a little bit different. You know, maybe the point is wrong here, but like we talk about all the time, you can't make a remake of Nightmare on Elm Street if you don't have uh, Robert England. You can't make a Hellraiser movie unless you have Doug Bradley. You can't make a new Crow movie unless you have Brandon Lee. You, you just, you're always going to be compared to the original. And so this one, the original, one of my favorite episodes of all time. Uh, so this was tough to beat. So there was something about it, even though his performance was great. Um, and overall, the episode is, is probably better executed than the original. Um, but, I don't know. The original one to me, it's just, it's one of my favorite episodes. So it was tough to beat. So it, it was okay. You know, I, I, I liked it. Um, it wasn't my favorite part of it. You know, it was probably my third. If I'm going to rank them, you know, one, two, three, and four, this was probably third yeah. of the four, but um, you know, it was okay. I don't know. I, I, I think I'm just comparing it per- too much to the original, which is just a classic. Professor, if judging by the look on your face, you're going to have a totally different reaction. Oh, so, yeah. Professor, what is your reaction? I've gone cross-eyed. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's uh, just the way it shot George Miller, filmmaker extraordinaire, like the fisheye lenses and like the sense of confinement and uh, Lithgow's performance really heightened the tension to crazy amounts. Like the, the, the uh, whole segment starts off at, 11 you know like if we're cranking this to 10 this is already at 11 you know like um they the creature effects are fantastic um that thing still is scary looking 
Um, this is essentially what would technically be a, an actual gremlin from what my understanding of gremlins and what they do. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is something that gets, uh, and especially, um, going back to like world war one, world war two, when they would blame gremlins on like malfunctioning and airplanes and stuff like oh, a gremlin got in there. Um, this is from what I understand, like, and it's almost like that classic Bugs Bunny episode where a gremlin's like trying to crash a plane he's on. Um, so there's even like a Looney Tunes connection. Um, but yeah, this, this creature scared the shit out of me. This is, probably my favorite segment of the entire um of this of this movie um just because like john lithgow's great in it um it's scary it's really scary especially once he like once you see the thing like just as a shadow on the wing it's like creepy then and then once you see it up close it's like really scary and then like when he shoots the window out and he's out like almost getting pulled out into the into the air um, John Lithgow's character and the creature comes up to him like that's just pure nightmare fuel. Oh, like, I agree. Um, I, I, I remember being a kid and being scared and even watching it as an adult. It's like, Ugh, you know, um, so creature effects, the production of it, the acting's great. The original um, is good. I mean, the story elements are there. Um, it's just like the, the furry suit is kind of goofy compared to this one like in in the 1950s 60s twilight zone um with M- william shatner doing this um you know the acting is not as good um and i and i think like the creature itself looks kind of goofy in the original twilight zone yeah, um the idea is more is scarier you know than the actual effect of the original um th- but the original is great i mean it was a basis it started off as a short story it got remade in the original twilight zone series got remade for this movie it, and then they remade it again um for the revamp of yeah. twilight zone with uh, jordan so peele running i was gonna say it's one of the more popular ones to remake yeah i mean what stands out to me is that it is the same legendary story because it's uh, richard Matheson did both of them yeah he wrote the original story he also wrote that uh, you know he wrote this adaptation yeah. of the story as well so he just uh, he changed things for the times yeah uh including i like the little bit in there with the smoking because about 1983 is when they stopped smoking on planes yeah so the ashtrays were still in them and in the first one you know it's it's, it's so you had that little like so there's you could tell that he wrote things into the story to change them to modernize them yeah. uh where i'm with you where it succeeds is obviously with a big budget movie and also a director like george miller who is a visionary director you have a lot of like different looks you have the fish eye lenses you have all the stuff that make you feel like you're Dis- in like you're, you're as discombobulated as he is yeah you feel the claustrophobia that he's feeling at that point in juncture and then of course the the makeup effects on the actual gremlin hold up will. very well very it, 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 hold like, up to this day shit. like it, whoever did the effects on that was is, is phenomenal uh I'm, yeah I'm and i agree with that dude the, the effects of the gremlin were much better than the furry suit in the original uh you guys may not realize this though the original one directed by richard donner Oh wow! I didn't wow. know. That, I didn't know the Donner. Very young that. Donner. That's, that's, yeah, I mean, I mean, they, it, great hands. I mean, once again, it's a great story, no matter who's telling it. Yeah, I, I'm with Rafe though, uh, or the professor, however you want to call him, whatever. Else. Yeah, who's this? Richard? 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 <laughs> who's Rafe? Richard? Who's Richard, Richard, Richard Crotch Rocket or whatever. <laughs> Ricky the Rock Crotchman. <laughs> whatever, whatever, his, whatever his damn name is this week. Uh, I, I'm with him on this one as far as uh, uh, as it goes. 
I, uh, I, I was one of my favorites for this. And when I, we were going to rewatch it, this is one of the ones I was like, Ooh, I, 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 I can't wait. It's been a while since I've seen it, but yeah. I remember this is one of those that impacted me. It did not, it did not uh, disappoint me. It aged very well. Yeah. Shot very well. I mean, got to remember you got four legendary directors directing all these segments. I yeah. mean, between Landis, Spielberg, Dante, and, uh, Miller, you, you, you have four of the most legendary directors of, of the, our time. Yeah. And actually probably of all time, uh, in, in, in one place ways, yeah. doing an, an anthology together. Uh, the only thing that, we, you know, and I, I hope we can do the anthologies of the creep show eventually here, maybe when the, yeah. when the second, before the second season comes out, because that's the only other thing that I know of anthology wise in a movie where you have such star studded, uh, things, because those are pretty much all the masters of horror yep. in, in one spot. Uh, so, I mean, in this case, I mean, whew, I mean, I thought that there was a great thing. I mean, I I, I get Mike's things. There's in the, some nostalgia in the context to of, In the context of the 1960s or 50s, when, whenever the original was shot, I mean, as a kid living in that time or as, even as an adult, mm. I'm sure that was scary. But, oh, like, yeah. outside of the context of that time, like, it, 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 it is, it's still good. Right. But... Man, this one's scarier. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't one. think things from that age transfer well. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, obviously, like the 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 killing psycho. Yeah. The, fa- the infamous killing psycho that terrified people. People threw up in theaters, ran out of theaters. Yeah. That bothered people so much. But if you we watch it now with all we've seen, especially through the slasher movies, we're like, what's the fuss about? You like, know what? People it's a very were... artistic. It's very. It looks good. I can still say it's a masterpiece of cinema. However, yeah. I'm like, I'm not as terrified of that because I've seen somebody decapitated uh, by pu- having their head punched off. Yeah. Or I've, I've seen somebody's head explode because somebody scraped uh, nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. The <laughs> Freddy's dead. They got in there. Yep. Got in there. Hey, Mike, did you like that one that got in there? He did it. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> he did I it. I got it. <laughs> no. Um, what was I going to say though? There, uh, there's just like, and the 50s one or 60s what i don't know which do we know what decade it was in the original Twenty thousand. what feet? the twilight zone twilight zone yeah 60s right 60s uh i mean you're talking about the series uh the late 50s and uh early 60s okay that was in the 100 mark so i'm assuming it was 1960 ish like, yeah i i like uh this one was uh, hang on. Originally aired October 11th, 1963. Okay. Okay. So even later. <laughs> so I like I yeah, really was, like uh, William Shatner, five, but um, I, I like William Shatner's. Uh, what's the one where he goes to the diner and has the fortune telling thing on his table? That's Nick it, of Time, and that is my all-time favorite. That's episode. great. That's that one. That's the one right that there. Is that's an my, amazing. That's one of my favorites. Episode. Yeah. Yeah, that is my absolute favorite. Uh, my second favorite is the monsters that are due on Maple Street, oh, which is also one. fantastic. I, I really like, uh, as far as classic Twilight Zone, um, the old man and his dog, they go hunting. I forgot the name of this one. They go hunting and the dog jumps into a uh, lake to go after like a rabbit that they're hunting. And the man jumps in after his dog and then they like there's like a phase in and out and they both wake up like on the side of the road together and they come to a crossroads and there's this guy at the crossroads saying, Oh, you want to take this right path? And he's really trying to like convince the guy to go down one path. But the dog is very wary of the stranger. So like he follows his dog down the right path and it's the right path to heaven. And the guy at the crossroads was the devil or like some form of him or that's crazy. It's, it's it's one of the best. Yeah. It's one of the best. That's an amazing episode too. That one was called the hunt, the hunt. All right. So great. So there's so many great episodes. Uh, Let's wrap up the movie though. Cause there was fun final segments, the epilogue. And of course they load John Lithgow into an ambulance. (laughs) Uh, He is still kind of rambling and who is driving the ambulance, but Dan Aykroyd, (laughs) he slaps in the midnight special 
And as they drive away, he goes, oh, I heard you see something scary up there. Want to see something really scary? Yeah. And then it pulls back. You get the, the Twilight music. Zone music hits. And, you know, it, it starts rolling credits. You know what going. happens. So it's a, it was, it's a lot of fun. Uh, the movie itself, on a whole, I, I really I really dug. Uh, I was glad that I rewatched it. It's been a long time, so it was kind of like one of those fun things. Now, before we give our grades, I wanted to let you guys know what other people thought about this. <clears throat> so, IMDb gives it a 6.5 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes has it at a 58%. Metacritic has it at a 44%. And Google... Google users have it at 86%. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, that's a little more up my alley. I'm, I'm kind of uh, in that category. So, uh, we know Mike will be the wild card on this one. So, do we go there first or last, Professor? Uh, I don't want to go last. You, know, you want to go last? Okay. So, we can build it up and he can tear it all down, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. So, with that being, with that being said, I, I, I'll start it off. I, I Once again, I thought this was a good nostalgia watch. I remember it from when I was a kid. I love the TV series, obviously, and I actually really do love this movie. I think that going in, I had it at a lesser grade, believe it or not, because yeah. I had it marked down a little bit because of Kick the Can. And after watching Kick the Can again, I'm like, wow, this was put together very well. Was it yeah. my favorite part of the show? No, but with that being the weakest to me, and it still looked amazing. I can still say some really cool things about it. Uh, th- that made my, my score go up a little bit. I am going to give it out of a score of 10. I'm giving Twilight Zone the movie. Uh, and it was borderline. I was I was back, back and forth. But I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to be optimistic. If uh, I, I'm going to grade it up instead of down. So I'm going to give it an 8. Because I was originally going to go 7.5. But I'm going to give it an 8 yeah. out of 10. I, I enjoyed the movie. It was a very enjoyable watch. It's not quite the classic. It's not up in that 9 territory of a classic. But it's definitely worth a watch. And I think everybody should see it. Absolutely, uh, Professor. You, 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 what is your grading on it? Yeah, um, very similar in thought. Like the kick the can segment, I hated as a kid, um, and would just kind of fast forward through it. Actually, and uh, now you know I've come to appreciate it. I think it's something that grows on you with age. Obviously, you might not get that kind of story as a kid. Um, so you know, given the segments, the John Landis segments, great. Uh, the Spielberg segments, great. The Dante segments, great. And uh, the Miller segment's great. And then you bookend it with the Dan Aykroyd. The prologue and epilogue, um, yeah. It, it, like, it really works well. And it's uh, it's a classic anthology movie. And it, they pulled it off. Um, and despite the tragedy, and just like a little nerd thing here, John Landis and Spielberg were very good friends before the making of this. Yeah, that tragedy cost the friendship. That tragedy, Spielberg, you know, you do not see Spielberg working with Landis ever again after this. And interesting that he latched onto Dante and, you know, Spielberg formed that friendship and everything. But, yeah, um, it's so unfortunate. And Landis, like, if you watch the Cursed Films um, documentary, it's like, oof. It also makes you wonder, though, that since he latched on here, do you think that uh, Landis would have been the director of Gremlins if not for this? That is an think about it. They, they worked together quite a bit. They were very good friends. Yeah, and I mean, then this Spielberg's... ended their friendship. But this also led to him meeting Joe Dante, who then goes on to direct uh, to direct uh, Gremlins. Yeah. So do you think Landis would have been the director of Gremlins? I feel like probably, um, you know, because Spielberg and uh, Landis worked together on 1941 um, with Belushi and Aykroyd, and and Spielberg's even in the Blues Brothers as the city clerk that they uh, cash their check to at the end. Yeah. Um, So, like, these guys were pals, you know, and uh, it wouldn't be beyond reason that, you know, he had them in mind for some things, you know. 
but then after seeing how he worked and uh, you know the tragedy that uh, so i mean think about it. john landis could have been the director of gremlins and the goonies he well, if, if not for landis's career would have definitely been very different if he had not done what he did so but what, my grade the grade yeah i was gonna my, say let's well, get to the grade. I, sorry uh, um i i get lost um <laughs> so my grade for this is probably a little bit higher i'd give it like an 88.7 and an 87 average a b plus B you know? plus, B plus, because yeah. you you grade things like a paper. Yeah, B so plus. he gives this movie a B plus and eighty seven. It's a solid B plus. He Eight grades point it seven out of, out of ten. Yeah, so the, 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 that's the professor. He grades it like it's a paper, and he gives it a B plus and an eighty seven out of a hundred and eight point seven out of ten, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> uh, but uh, I will I will say that it's a uh, it definitely is a different kind of movie. So now, Mike, uh, we've built it up, so I guess you can tear it down. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm going to start off by giving the professor an F just for being an idiot. So, um, so that, that's right uh, for you, buddy. F plus? I know. Not I even, mean that in the most loving not way. Not even an F plus? Not a, you get an F minus. Oh. F minus? Oh. You, get a, you get like a, like a G. So, um, <laughs> so I don't know. I, I got to say, you know, like, like I said, you know, I've told you guys off air, and I think I said it on the air too, the original series – Obviously, you know, I named my, my, my entire show and everything off of, you know, a play off of the original Twilight Zone because of how highly I think of that series. Um, my opinion is it's one of the greatest, if not greatest, TV series that's ever, ever existed and ever will exist. Um, I just, I, I love it with all my heart. Um, so to have something that's based off of that, I don't know. It, it paled in comparison to the original series, as you would expect that it would. Uh, I also remember being a kid, and th- not long after this, they actually remade the series, and it was very similar to this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and it was terrible. It was terrible. So maybe that's kind of influencing me a little bit, too, when I think about this. But prologue was good. Um, the first segment, timeout, although very controversial, was, was very well done. Um, Kick the can I loved. I, I just, I don't know, feel good story. Um, hated it's a good life, and that really brought the score down overall for me. And then, like I said, Nightmare at twenty thousand feet. Overall, it, yeah, it was good. It was probably executed better than the original. Um, but again, the original one, it's it's legendary. It's something that's it's hard to compare it to that. Even if it was done better, it was hard to compare. You know, to just compare it to something that's possibly the most iconic episode of the Twilight Zone ever. And it finished off good with the epilogue called Even Scarier. Um, so overall, again, I would have to say I want to give it a five and a half out of ten, but I'm going to give it a six out of ten just because it was it was overall it was a quick watch, it was entertaining, it wasn't bad. Uh, so I'll give it a six out of ten. There were there were good things that were that, that I you know that I did see in there. It just that that one particular. Uh, segment of it really brought the score down for me because i really really didn't like it so if you're keeping score mike gave this a half a point less than the crow which we thought was impressive yeah. when he gave it to the crow so yeah. I, I gotta give him credit yeah. on, on mike's scale which is always very hard uh six isn't too bad no. uh I, I i just don't my thing is going with the nostalgia thing uh terror twenty thousand feet i mean i get what your point is but at the same time it was written by the same person yeah 
So like the story is the same, right? They he just and, 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 again, and the same person, the same person, right? Once again, the same person rewrote it to adapt it to that time. So I mean, I, I feel like right. I gave it a little more credit there because they went with uh, Richard Matheson. Uh, if he if they wouldn't have gone, I, I'm still with the professor. I'm surprised that Richard Matheson was the person who screenplayed Kick the Can, yeah, uh, because he I, was always known. He's 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 very dark in his writing, and obviously look at Terror at Twenty Thousand Feet. That's his kind of writing. Yeah, and uh, the fact that he rewrote something that was not dark at all uh, was intriguing to me and I think that is what made me like kick the can more is knowing that wow one of the masters of writing horror versus darkness is is actually behind this super lighthearted and uh, nice story but um uh, I, I, I think that's why I don't give it take as many points off. Plus, like I said, I love this show. I love the series. Terror 20,000 Feet was never one of my favorites. I understand it's one of the iconic ones. It wasn't a favorite of mine until the movie because I don't know if I ever really liked... I, I'm with I'm with the professor. By the time I saw it, even as a kid, you know, the effects weren't there. The the guy in the half-ass gorilla suit or whatever it was. Yeah, it the looked like thing, a, yeah. It, it, didn't, it wasn't scary. It was like a onesie. And then, of course, yeah, it, of course, the, the most deadpan portrayal from Shatner of all time of there's something on the wing, yeah, and it just didn't do it for me. And then you see this version, you have Lithgow like losing his mind, <laughs> yeah. and it, it made me go, "Oh, this is this is this is what they meant for. This is what the writer meant this to be was terrifying." Yeah, and at the so I think I appreciated it more from that, and I think that's the reason I appreciated it more. Now, mind you, I love the uh, the the Nick of Time one with uh, uh, with 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 Shatner. I think he's great there because he doesn't have to portray anything but that deadpan and, and believe it or not i think he acts more crazy slash anxious in that yes he does segment than he does on the plane segment absolutely which is does. kind of strange to me at least because the other one looks like you should have been way more emotional than seeing lithgow do it go shit you should have been way more emotional because yeah. you know lithgow blew it out of the water that's just my opinion but i mean i respect what you said i mean i we just uh, i think where where we differ i think all of us at the table where we differ of course is on the uh the anthony segment yeah yeah because uh, I, I don't know, I, I I thought it was uh, I thought it was nice, and then again I like Joe Dante's work, so that could be a thing. Yeah, you know Joe Dante is the burbs. Uh, the, think think about it. Joe Dante is a uh, acquired taste, if you will. I've got uh, actually I've got the Shout Factory Blu-ray of the Burbs coming Ooh. in with the work print um, uh, edition of. Uh, the movie, so um, Burbs I'm, is great. I'm very excited to see what the work print was. Maybe maybe we'll cover that sometime in the horror movie segment because oh, that's man. that's a great. Get I, Courtney I Gaines back here. I want to talk to that guy. <laughs> well, I want to talk someday. to him about someday. The maybe we'll oh, You would have loved him, man. Yeah, Dude, he, he was great, loved man. The Clopax. Awesome. I want to talk about. You should have been there. It was fun. It was a good he's, good. he's a good guy. Uh, he's got but, such a ball buster too. He was great. Yeah, he's like we're hanging out with one of the guys. It's great stuff. But yeah, overall, I think everybody gave it a good score. I would say yeah. to, to check it out yourself if you haven't seen the Twilight Zone movie or you haven't seen it in a while. Uh, me and it's, the professor both were very kind to it because after seeing it for a while, I, we I think we both agreed. Kick the can jumped in estimation yeah i used to not like it as well as you i kind of skipped over and as a child i watched this a lot because uh, this is another I, I want to throw this out there i meant to throw it out before i gave my score this is the kind of thing if you have a child this is the kind of movie you can introduce them to horror with yeah it is it's very clean yep. with the exception of the of the of timeout yeah uh it, it's it's very clean uh, that part is a little edgy you might want to skip that segment well for the you kid. don't really get that and, as an adult and as, a, as a child was. and as a child you wouldn't understand i don't think you'd understand that segment you, you as wouldn't well. yeah so you could probably skip that segment and and because uh, on obviously with the magic of uh 
of DVDs, Blu-rays, and such. Yeah. It's easy to skip a, skip a segment now. I would skip that segment, but outside of that, it's a very good uh, thing to introduce somebody to horror to because it's it's clean. There's no nudity. Uh, the profanity is is very light, with the exception of obviously there's no the gore. Segment. There is no gore. Uh, and it's something that you can judge by and you can judge if your kid's going to take it well or not. Like yeah. some people I've been asked this. One of the things that I've been asked a lot, especially at conventions is what I suggest to get children into, uh, you know, cause obviously as horror fans and especially as adults and you have children, you want to introduce them to something. And I'm like, well, you know, depending upon how old they are is, you know, this is a movie with the exception of the opening segment that I, w- I would say that you could show to an eight, nine year old. I wouldn't show the opening segment to them, but I would yeah. show them. You know, only because of the language, not because of yeah. what's in it, but the language. I mean, if your kid, uh, uh, my kid, who's 14, I would show him that opening segment because yeah. that would be a good way to tell him, hey, don't be an asshole. Yeah. Like you, that's the moral of the story. See, everything this guy's doing, he's wrong. Right. And not only is he not only is he wrong, but you're getting to see him being wrong. Yeah. And now he's understanding how it feels to be in their shoes when he's saying, so what about them? I'm an American. Well, guess what? Look what the shit they went through. And you're so whating them. So you're, yeah. you're now in their shoes and you can see. And I think that, that that's a good thing if you have somebody who's old enough to understand that. As a kid, you don't understand that. You don't. You really don't want them going to the school and repeating some no, of that language. No. It's a little colorful. Uh, but outside of that, I think it's fine. You know, there's certain movies. It's like I always suggest Monster Squad. Although you got to be careful, there is some swearing in Monster Squad, and that's a different time too. We should cover that sometime. Uh, but there's uh, I showed it to my kid when he was about 12, yeah. which is fine. But they drop a lot of uh, f bombs in it, not, and I'm not talking about the word fuck. Yeah, I'm talking about the the other f bomb. <laughs> and uh, so for the time, it was all right to call people that, but uh, yeah. now now people get very offended about it. That's why I'm calling it the f bomb. Uh, it, it's just it's an intriguing time. So and I always uh, I always go Romero. The Romero classics, because yeah. there's there's not a lot of you know there's a lot there's gore, but the gore doesn't look real. Mm-hmm. Like if you go back to the original Dawn, day, you know Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, the gore does not look real at all. Uh, I, I mean the the makeup effects are great, but the blood itself is is neon paint. D- day, <laughs> day of the Dead gets pretty. It does. Brutal. It gets a little brutal, but Ooh. it's not as. There's but it's not. But guts. think about it. If you if you look at the the guts look great, but the blood still looks horrible. Yeah. They were yeah. using like they were using like neon paint for blood. Yeah. So like you can get away with it not being that. Now the remake of Night of the Living Dead, that's a little more graphic. It's a little more budgeted with uh, the the actual gore. So like there's a, this is a nice movie in a roundabout way. It's a nice movie to introduce your child to horror and see what the reaction is. And I mean nowadays you kind of need that, especially if you're a parent. And obviously if you're listening to the show, you're a horror fan. It's a good way to get them into it. Or if you have a little brother or sister or whoever you're trying to get into horror, it's always a good movie to start with because it's not as bad and you can see how they judge it. Especially like when you get to the terror 20,000 feet, see how they how they react to that because it, it gets intense, Yeah, but it's not anything that's going to scar somebody. No. I mean, if you're scared of flying, you're going to be scared of flying anyways. Let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> yep, that's true. So, I mean, overall, I think great job of the show. But uh, you know what? At the end of the day, we always want to hear from you. Have you guys seen uh, this lately? If not, Go ahead and watch it. But we want to hear your opinion. What do you give Twilight Zone, the movie from 1983? Uh, anything else we talked about you want to comment on? Anything at all you would like to talk about? Hey, we're coming up here. We're going to be reviewing different movies. Hey, do you have a movie you want us to review? We're always taking those ones. Throw them in there. Hit us up on the social medias. Horror Zone 607 on Facebook. Like and share that page. We're 
at HorrorZone607 on Twitter and Instagram. Use the hashtag HG607 when talking about the show. Check us out on uh, the very public website, 8122productions.com. The professor says he's going to have a couple new uh, uh, reviews up there coming up pretty Bell's soon. So keep, keep your keep your eyes out for those. And uh, maybe I'll start listing our, our, our things from week to week on there. Yeah. That's uh, something I should do. So I'm going to go back and get the things and we can keep track of the reviews. We'll just kind of give our gradings as we give the live reviews on there. So I'm going to keep yeah. track of that. And, uh, of course, we'll have more stuff coming up very soon. Check out the rest of the 8122 Productions family, 3 Fat Nerds podcast, the wrestling show that's also on the 3FN network. And, of course, uh, check out our friends of the show, the Ocho Duro Parley Hour, hashtag the ODPH podcast. Their link is there in Friends of the Show, along with some great bands. And remember, you can support all of them on May 1st uh, for, you know, support them anytime. But if you happen to be able to do it by May 1st, 100% of the proceeds will go to those bands. Even if you have a different local band that you listen to, support them that day on Bandcamp because that's an awesome thing that Bandcamp's doing. Last but not least, if you would like to support this show monetarily and help us pay for some of the costs that we accrue here, uh, that's simple. You can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash 8122productions. You get a ton. I, when I mean a ton of bonus content, I'm talking a ton of bonus content. The Three Fat Nerds podcast, all, all of our podcasts get on there first. They're up. They're up the day that we record and they release to the world the next day. So you get them first. Not only do you get all the podcasts first, with the Three Fat Nerds podcast, you get what we call the uncooked, uncut, and unedited version. That means everything goes. You get an extra open. You get uh, us talking during the breaks. Things that are too hot for the podcast airwaves that would probably get us banned because mm -hmm. Diesel's on that show after all. Uh, and of course, you know, same with the wrestling show. We give you bonus content in the beginning and during the breaks uh, that normally are on the show during that. Maybe someday we'll do that in Horizon because we have some interesting talks on this uh, before we go. Oh, yeah. So maybe, <laughs> maybe I should start recording that and giving you that as well. Horizon Uncut. Yeah, horror zone, horror zone unleashed, if you will, something. Uh, and then uh, last but certainly not least, you get the two original shows. The the one that just started up, uh, lo uh, uh, I Love Movies with Ron. Uh, first episode was John Wick. We got another one coming in the canon. It'll be out next week. And of course, Love is Scary with Dr. Derek. Eventually, Spooky Mike will be back on that show. But right now, quarantine happened. So uh, I can't wait for him to get back in because uh, Dr. Derek says he's going to mouth kiss you. Anyways, with that being said, that's all I got, Mike. So take us home. Mm. So wait, we're talking like an open lip hug. We're talking we're about have? open mouth kissing. Tongue punch. Tongue, mouth, tongue. Uh, he, he wants to play. He wants to play tonsil that's, hockey that's with the, you, sir. Something to look forward to. He's going to tongue punch you. A big bearded ginger man wants to play tonsil uh. hockey with you, sir. Very sexy. He wants. Wow. He wants to recreate the scene from Deliverance with you. Wow. He's going to squeal like a pig. Yeah. He wants you to squeal like a pig. Got a purdy mouth. Got a purdy mouth. So basically. I'm going to be on the side of a what, muddy river or something like that. My, my <laughs> tidy whiteies that, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ooh, the possibilities are endless here. Trust me. Trust me. The, the Can I be Burt Reynolds? <laughs> the professor's paying good money to make sure this happens. <laughs> I'll shave the mustache. Wow. She didn't have the mustache. Wow. Interesting. In that, that, that episode is going to be worth the price of admission alone. That's so, absolutely ah. correct. By the way, have you ever, have right. you, have you, uh, do, you, do you still look at hot ramen the same? I will never, yeah. <laughs> you know, I actually, I put in an order for groceries to be delivered this week, and I almost bought some ramen just to get something cheap that could kind of be for lunch. And yeah, I remembered that instantly, and that was off the list. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, we can't talk about that any further on the air, but if you want to hear about it, patreon.com slash 8122productions. Mm -hmm. I know I'm shilling, but trust me, if we go into the full story, we will be bar bar barred from. Uh, the three top podcast providers. So. <laughs> I'm not getting yeah. taken off of Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts because uh, 
we're talking about something that's very inappropriate. But that's why it's behind a paywall, because it's very inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank you guys for holding down the fort. Uh, obviously, you know that uh, this week I've tunneled my way uh, all the way up, believe it or not, uh, to Branson, Missouri. So that's where I'm currently located and uh, doing the show from. So uh, so good times here in Branson. Richard, uh, Richard Branson's you know. Missouri? Yeah. Wait a minute. He followed yeah, my absolutely. advice. He went from the he went from the Fountain of Youth to the Garden of Eden. Yeah. Ah, That's true. That is okay. true. Okay. All right. I got you. I got you, player. So, you know, keep keep uh, you know listening uh, to see where I'm at next week. Uh, I can't wait to see where I turn up. I don't uh, understand how I, this. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't understand your path here. <laughs> I don't know. He's I don't know. I'm, place. Just, I'm just I'm just digging. Yeah. I'm just digging, and um, you know. You're like creating dig a, a new fort everywhere maybe, I go. Maybe some week in the near future, he'll dig his way back to doing this show with us. Yeah. <laughs> one of these days. Pop up out one of these gr- days. All of a sudden, we'll be doing the show, and he'll yeah. pop up to the the ground of where we're recording. <laughs> and, and our uh, we're we're in our we're in what we call the under we're in our undisclosed studios currently, <laughs> not not our normal studio, and uh, we are, we have nicknamed it Studio C. And uh, yeah, so that's that's where we are. So it's not quite a full on bunker, but it's it's not in a public place. Yeah. Uh, but right. But you know where that is, so you can just filter your way in and out of the bunker, and uh, you can show up at Studio C whenever this blows over. Where hopefully that'll be sooner than later. Yeah. We got big plans if, right. and, when it, if and when you can ever come back. If not, yeah, I can't wait to be back. We if not, cool me and the professor are just going to have to do the cool back. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I will punch him right in the mouth. Oh, jeez! I will punch you in the mouth. Wow, that's crazy. So, so Diesel, <laughs> Diesel wants to mouth kiss him. He wants to punch you in the mouth. There's a lot of mouth going on. I'm just throwing it out there. But you know yeah. what? He started. He wanted to set me on fire last week. So, you know, he kind of has it coming to him. Well, you know, so, he wasn't. He wasn't. True. He wait. wasn't far off. <laughs> I almost <laughs> yeah. caught on fire just like <laughs> just from the anger. Yeah, you should have seen it. By the way, you should. If you want to see this week was very, this, this week was tame. This yeah. one was tame. His eyes only went a little cross. Last week, when you were talking about the crow, he was sitting in his chair. He was fidgeting so hard. I'm surprised we didn't catch it on microphone. I felt like he it was, was bright. Sam. He was bright red, and he was twitching. Like his eyes and everything were twitching. So by the time he went to talk, he was just like. I'm surprised he wasn't like. <laughs> and just going like that because he, he was bad like, like the smoke was coming out the whole Sammy nine Sam yeah, style man. just his his mustache his mustache curled up the whole nine Yosemite Sam's it was bad he, he was you don't understand how angry he was last week yeah that's how angry he was I, I this week imagine. he just went cross-eyed I yeah I just kind of went cross-eyed this right. time yeah so 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 we, we're making small One baby step improvements hey eh, you never know yeah all right. Well, one of these weeks we'll agree on that, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll find something. We'll always so, have wreck. Uh, I have no idea. What's that? We'll always have wreck. We will. We will. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we hope you listeners uh, will tune in again uh, next week to see what we do. Uh, I have no idea what we're going to be reviewing, but we'll come up with something fun. Uh, we got some ideas, I think. Uh, so we're going to come up with something fun. Uh, we got a hundred year of horror movies news. we can choose from. I'm yeah. just saying. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, we should probably start with 1893. Uh, that would be a good point. The train uh, rolls to, into to station. Yeah, yeah. The people so, ran uh, screaming out of the theaters when they showed that. They thought a train was actually going to break through the wall. So that see? would classify as a horror film. There we go. That's a quick watch. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should just we should start reviewing every horror movie based on uh, you know chronological order when they actually uh, were released to, to theaters. 
Yeah. And uh, we'll just do one a week. Yeah, you know? I, I don't know about all that. It might take us now. a while, but we'll get there. Ugh. Yeah. Because there's some stinkers in there. I don't want to do that. Yeah, there's some stinkers in there. I'm out. <laughs> Anyways, well, that so maybe we will do that. Maybe we won't. But uh, we will definitely be back on the air next week bringing you all of the week's biggest horror movie news and talking a whole lot of horror. So until then, this is Mike C. saying, see ya.